Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our risen and living Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Word of God we meditate upon this morning is from the Gospel of Matthew chapter 2 verses 13 to 23. Now when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother, flee to Egypt and stay there until I bring you word. For Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. When he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night and departed for Egypt, and was there until the death of Herod, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Out of Egypt I have called my son. Then Herod, when he saw that he was deceived by the wise men, was exceedingly angry, and he sent forth and put to death all the male children who were in Bethlehem, and in all its districts, from two years old and under, according to the time which he had determined from the wise men. Thus was fulfilled what was spoken by Jeremiah the prophet, saying, A voice was heard in Ramah, lamentation, weeping, and great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children, refusing to be comforted, because they are no more. Now when Herod was dead, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Arise. Take the young child and his mother and go to the land of Israel, for those who sought the young child's life are dead. Then he arose, took the young child and his mother, and came into the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was reigning over Judea instead of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. And being warned by God in a dream, he turned aside into the region of Galilee. And he came and dwelt in a city called Nazareth, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of by the prophets, he shall be called a Nazarene. So far the word of the Lord. Sanctify us by your truth, O Lord. Your word is truth. Amen. A week before Christmas, I bought this loaf. Of, it was a whole loaf when I bought it. Uh, from Piggly Wiggly. It's okay. It's not as good, of course, as homemade Stalin, is it? In fact, a couple years ago, <coughs> I had some Stalin where even the citron fruit in the Stalin was homemade. It really made a difference. It was quite delicious that way. Our text reveals to us something else that makes a far more important difference than uh, the difference between homemade and store-bought stolen, doesn't it? It reveals to us the difference that Jesus makes in the heart of people. Our text reveals to us the difference between a life of faith and a life of fear. The difference between Joseph who trusted the word of God and lived that faith and Herod who was so afraid of losing what he had that he went to such horrific lengths to try and hold on to it. The difference between Joseph who, who had Jesus and Herod who, who did not. The difference that Jesus can make. Not only in, in the life of Joseph, but in, in our life as well. Joseph was a man of faith. And as a man of faith, everything the scriptures reveal to us about him can really be summed up in one word, obedience. As a man of faith, Joseph trusted God's word, and when God spoke, he did it. He was obedient. The angel appeared to him and said, go to Egypt. That night, our text emphasizes that, doesn't it? That night, Joseph left with his wife and the young child. 
The angel appeared to him and told him, take Mary as your wife. Joseph did it. The decree went out and Joseph went to Bethlehem. The angel told him to name the son Jesus. He did it. God told him to go to Egypt. He went. God told him to come back from Egypt. He came back from Egypt. What God said, Joseph did. Why? Because he trusted his Savior. Now, you might think, well, an angel appeared to him. Of course he's going to do it if an angel appears to him. If an angel appeared to me, I would listen as well. But the Bible shows us that's not the case, is it? There's plenty of examples of people to whom angels appeared and they did not listen. Zacharias. angel appeared to him. He didn't believe. He was struck mute. He was struck dumb. Because he didn't believe the message of the angel. Or remember Lot? Two angels came to him. Get out of the city. He wouldn't listen. He stayed there. It's not about the messenger. It doesn't matter whether the word comes from the Bible or from the angel or from your pastor or your teacher. The messenger isn't what makes the difference for Joseph. When, the, when God's word told him to, to take Jesus to the temple, he did it. It's not the messenger that makes a difference, but what's in Joseph's heart is what makes a difference. That faith, that trust, that hears God's word and puts his trust in God's word, believes what God's word says. And does what it says. He was a man of faith. That faith made the difference that Jesus in his heart made the difference about his attitude towards treasure as well. And we see that in our text. The wise men come with these gifts. Present them to, to Jesus. We don't know. It's impossible to really put a, a number on those gifts, the Bible doesn't tell, it told us, it tells us what the wise men gave, gold, frankincense, and myrrh, but it doesn't say how much. But uh, estimate, you know, estimates can range, but I'm pretty sure at least the gifts were w worth at least a couple million in, t in today's money. Whatever they were worth, it, it's clear from Scripture that it was a, a costly, a valuable gift. Now, we don't know what Joseph was thinking when these gifts were, were laid at the feet of Jesus, but we probably know what we would be thinking. Such treasure were, were laid before us, probably making plans on how to use it, how to spend it. We don't, we don't know what Joseph was thinking, but we know what he did. And that reveals what was in his heart, isn't it? Because whatever he was thinking when that treasure was laid before him, God came to that night. He said, no, Joseph, that treasure, that is so that you can take Mary and Jesus and, and flee to Egypt. And Joseph did that night. He went to Egypt. He was a man of faith, and as a man of faith, he didn't feel the need to grasp, to hold on to, to cling to the treasure. But he trusted God. Herod is a, another thing entirely, isn't he? In our text, Herod is one who lives in fear, lives in fear of losing what he thinks to be his, what he thinks of as mine. And that fear to, to hold on, to grasp on to what he thinks is mine causes him to do just the most outrageous thing, to slaughter innocent children, a whole village full of them, because I have to make sure that I keep what is mine. 
This is my kingdom. I'm not going to lose it, even if I have to wipe out the children to do it. You see what a difference Jesus makes, right? What a difference Jesus makes. So much, much more of a difference than homemade citron fruit in the Stalin. Hopefully none of us would resort to slaughtering a whole village. But nevertheless, our thoughts do tend by nature towards that attitude of Herod. I have to protect what is mine. This is mine, and I'm going to make sure that I keep it. I've mentioned before those seagulls from um, Finding Nemo, right? Mine, 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 mine. That's the attitude that just saturates our culture today. This is mine. My body, my life, my choice. I get to decide. I get to use it. That's an attitude that leads to a life of fear. And that fear leads to sin. The Bible reminds us it's not yours. You are not your own, for you were bought at a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which belong to God. When we attempt to, to grasp like Herod, when we attempt to grasp and hold on to what we think of as mine, the result is like Herod, a life of fear. But when we learn to trust God, when we live, learn to live in faith like Joseph did, with Jesus in our heart, the result is that God provides, God takes care of us. The result is that life of blessing that Joseph experienced. Hebrews reminds us, Hebrews 2, 14 to 15, through death he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is the devil, and release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Rather than cling to that delusion that this is mine and I have to protect it, we live with Jesus in our heart. We live that life of faith that trusts that God will provide we don't have to cling to the treasures of this world, but instead we can cling with all that we have to the one thing that really matters, and that is Jesus. You know, Matthew's goal, through inspiration of the Holy Spirit, Matthew's goal in our text this morning is to prove to us that Jesus is the Son of God. We have three different Old Testament prophecies that are fulfilled. The wise men come from who knows how far away to give gifts because they know it to be true. The star proclaimed it to be true. This is the Son of God. The shepherds knew it. The angels sang it. The whole text is, is focused on that one truth. This is the Son of God that we might know it and learn to, to live that life of faith rather than that life of fear. When I was researching uh, you know, the, how much those gifts might be worth, what price we might be able to put on that gold, frankincense, myrrh, I, I ran across one sermon that uh, talked about uh, this text and, and looked at it as proof that God God blesses us in life, that God wants to bless our life. Look at how God blessed Joseph, and those riches can be yours was basically the, the theme of this sermon. And there's, there's some truth to that, right? 
There's some truth to that, that God does want to bless our life. And we see that all the way back in Genesis 2 in the Garden of Eden. God didn't just give Adam and Eve just what they needed. He gave them far, every good fruit and every good thing. So there's some truth to that, but it's missing the point, isn't it? It's missing the real point of the lesson, which is not about earthly treasures at all. It's about letting go of the earthly treasures and clinging to Jesus. The real point is, yeah, Jesus wants to bless you, but not with gold, frankincense, and myrrh. He wants to bless you with His Son, that Son of God. The text reveals to us, it shows to us powerfully uh, who Jesus is so that trusting in Him, we can live that life filled with Him. One One of the prophecies, the one from Hosea, out of Egypt I have called my son, You go back to the prophet Hosea and read where that comes from and you find out that Hosea is actually talking about the nation of Israel. Some people think, well, Matthew made a mistake to quote it here about Jesus. It's not really about Jesus. It's about the nation of Israel. Well, of course, Matthew didn't make a mistake. He quotes it here to show us not only that this prophecy is fulfilled in Jesus, but that Jesus is the fullness of God's people. He is not just the fulfillment of the prophecy, but the fulfillment of the nation. Whatever was promised, whatever was said about the nation of Israel is fulfilled in Jesus. He is the Son of God. Matthew leaves no doubt in our mind as to who this child is. And these things are written, as the Gospel of John reminds us, so that you might believe. Being filled with Jesus, you might have that life of faith that Joseph lived. We don't need to be like Herod, grasping what is mine, holding on to it, afraid of losing it. Instead, we can take Jesus with us. Out of the season of Christmas, right? And into the whole year to come. And the life beyond. Living that life of faith through Christ. Unafraid! Unafraid of the dangers and the journeys. Even if Jesus, even if God calls us to travel down to Egypt, We can go forward unafraid of what's coming. A life of faith in Jesus. He came to die. He came to die for your sins. He is the only thing worth holding on to. Jesus makes the difference. Amen.